Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that has been working for social change for the last 20 years. I am Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. And we're your hosts today. Good morning, Jacques. So what have you bumped into that made you think again this week? Well, actually there was a lot to think about. I just got really annoyed by the ways in which our public discussions and declarations and the statements made by our politicians and the journalists have shifted around in the last few weeks. Before the election, it seemed as if we were finally, finally going to get some, some traction on and some meaningful talk about things like poverty, inequality, mental health, climate change. And we thought that we could really also start to do things about the abuses of power of those in power, and it, which, have, which have been committing in clear daylight for all to see for decades without being punished for their misdeeds. Think just about banks, the franchising sector, super industries, the tax heavens, water stealth. Uh, You just go on. And of course, the necessary changes to the tax regimes and other structural arrangements, which keep disadvantaging even more those who are already disadvantaged and keep those who who already have too much anyway, gutting even more. For those of us working and and being active in the so-called community sector, we were really anticipating times where we could start to, mm. to address and discuss the things we were uh, we were have been talking about for a long time, and certainly also in this program for several weeks by now. Things like managerialism, capitalist mega corporations spying mm. on us, meaningless weasel words being thrown around. You just name it. And yes. You, Yes, and how quickly times change. Following Labor's unexpected loss, the Liberals put before Parliament changes to the tax system that would give those on the highest incomes with substantial tax cuts and increase taxes for people on lower and middle incomes into the future. Who would believe it? This would be from 2024, with those on incomes from 45000 to 200000 per year all on the same tax rate of 30%. I'll repeat that. Those on incomes from $45,000 a year to $200,000 per year are all set to be on the same tax rate of 30%. It's outrageous. Of course, the more immediate tax cuts are uncontroversial and would benefit low- and middle-income earners for the next four years. But they were trickily roped up with the regressive tax regime that overwhelmingly benefits people on upper incomes. In a turnaround that would give you whiplash, Labor supported these changes before Parliament, dropping all the important things they'd been preparing policies Mm. for. And and even Jackie Lambie, the self-confessed former down-and-outer, or a welfare recipient, as she keeps saying, telling us, she was going to take Morrison on and give him hell unless he would respect her, she said. 
She folded and voted for the changes in the Senate as well. And for what? In exchange, she wanted a federal debt waived that provided more affordable housing mm-hmm. in Tasmania. Reportedly, something like 0.01% of the tax revenue which we had to forego. And it does not seem as if all of that has been sufficiently clarified either. Mm, Yeah, so no wonder voters are disenchanted. Voters are sick of political parties strategising to just win elections and be in power. And, And it's pretty transparent too. We need our political parties to stand for something. One would have thought Labor at least would have learnt this. Oh, no. As Walid Ali commented in The Age recently, Labor is all at sea on tax cuts, he said. And he asks, does anyone in the Labor Party seriously believe that a single voter deserted them because Labor did not support a significant tax cut for people on $200,000 in five years' time? Changes are negative gearing and franking. Yeah, you can understand that. But... The stage three tax cuts, what was the risk here? Had the tax cut passed without Labour, it could have preserved its philosophical base, basis and position without the political pain of holding up tax relief. It just really beats me. Mm, yes, I suppose with the Liberals, you do have a better idea of what you're getting. Uh, policies that benefit those with wealth and power, ruling for the haves, so that they can further consolidate what they have. In case we are in doubt about this, under the legislation just passed, the top 20% of earners will get substantial tax breaks and the middle 60% of earners will pay more tax. With the benefits clearly flowing to the top end of town, the Grattan Institute figures our tax system will be the least progressive it has been since the 1950s and going down in the ranks of regressive taxation amongst other comparable countries or other OECD countries. On, on, that, on that bit, we should actually have some music. Uh, Jobs with Justice by C. Khan. Who owns the earth? Who owns our labor? Who says what it's worth? Who owns our children? Who owns our lives? Who decides if we get jobs with justice? Justice, justice, we want jobs with justice. Justice, justice, we want jobs with good union wages, the right to organize. Take a stand. 
Why does a wealthy country like Australia allow its unemployed workers to struggle in poverty without trying to create jobs? You may well ask. Unemployed Workers Fight Back is the Australian Unemployed Workers Union program, part of the sewer program on every second Friday of the month, 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. Our social security system is being defunded, privatised and dismantled and the poor and vulnerable are being criminalised and trampled upon. The Australian Unemployed Workers Union is focused on helping unemployed and underemployed workers deal effectively with the job agencies, empowering them to fight back for their rights. Remember, unemployed workers fight back every second Friday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR Community Radio. You're listening to Jacques and Jennifer on Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about tax and welfare. Yeah, going back to Labour, Labour states that it may actually have the opportunity to readdress the tax cut in five years or so and go back to some kind of policy drawing board whatever they say that sounds a bit like the bravery of losers mm. depending of course if it has the numbers in parliament and there's a lot of other ifs and whens to overcome as time passes given the number of people who let labor and the public know that they are very critical of its support for the liberal legislation they may see their electoral chances even more diminished mm-hmm. in five years particularly given the fickle nature of the Australian electorate and also given the advertising machinery of the liberals yes. obviously having been able to pretend to pretend caring mm-hmm. for the poor consumers voters whatever and who just want that $1000 relief in their pockets and don't want their youths mm-hmm. taken away mm-hmm. of their in- or their inheritance taxed which were all the kinds of lies which were distributed before the election and they did work it seems mm-hmm. so for now we're looking really at our taxation system becoming ever more aggressive which means that it systematically redistributes money to the upper income layers, still pretty much part of the neoliberal trickle-down philosophy, or should we say the self-serving ideology. Mm. So, Jacques, do you mean the idea that if we look after the economy and those at the top, the benefits will just trickle down to everyone at the bottom naturally? (laughs) Well, that's the kind of theory behind it, or I don't even want to call it a theory. That's about about it in a summarised form. 
Australia seems to become the last bastion, the last stand probably of economic rationalism and neoliberalism because many in many other places it's been given up, mm. given up rather. Part of this means, of course, that the welfare system is being robbed of the resources it needs to address even some of the most pressing issues in this country. Just think, housing, health, especially, especially preventative health initiatives and programs, employment, and that huge misnomer of New Start. Mm-hmm. Also education. Did you also notice that all of our politicians, or well, particularly the one who speak a lot, always start talking about our world-class system when they discuss policy or institutional changes which need to be made. Most recently, Coalition Party Party Health and Welfare Notables used the world-class reference a lot when they were announcing that they were going to address the health insurance problems. Under Howard, years ago, they first messed the public system up by requiring people to have private insurance without which they would pay more taxes. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Not long ago, really. That's now being totally undermined because young people are leaving the private insurances in droves because they can't afford the premium rises anymore. And they are the ones that benefit least from those systems. And it stands to reason that the baby boomers, that's people like us, use insurance much more and for much more expensive treatments, which brings several funds close to bankruptcy. And any guesses how the politicians are going to fix our world-class health system? There are no prizes for the correct answer. Mm. So meanwhile in Victoria, we have a royal commission into mental health. One thing that's sure, and that we all already know, is that the commission will find that more support in the community is needed for people struggling with mental health problems. That's something we already know, 100%, the Royal Commission will find that. But how will this be paid for? How will this support for people in the community be paid for? Who will pay for it with the wealthier paying much less tax? According to the Grattan Institute, (coughs) excuse me, the projected regressive tax cuts just passed by Parliament will cost the Australian budget $85 billion. $85 billion. The traditional underfunding, particularly of preventative and health promotion services and programs, has gone a lot worse over the last few decades. So, so Jacques, are you saying we're putting most of our funding into helping people at the bottom of the cliff rather than helping them fall off in the first place? That's exactly right. And the thing is that, you know, I remember several of my friends in Queensland, uh, I think now about five years ago, they lost their jobs in health promotion when former Conservative Premier Newman, almost from one day to the other, decided to shut down the entire health promotion program mm-hmm. in, that, in that state. He also did many other repugnant things, like prohibiting funded programs from doing advocacy, leading to many organisations having to close down. Anyway, back to health promotion. Queensland is still smarting from that stupid decision. And that's not the sole instance for this to happen. Overall, preventative services in mental health and in general health, even during the best of years, receive barely 2% of overall health funding. And that minimal amount has lost anywhere between 30 and 50% of funding across the nation. So just go figure. 
So, so Jacques, you're saying preventive health was barely 2% of health funding around Australia before, but with the reductions, that's now about 1% or a little bit more than 1% for prevention. Yes, and yeah, the decline of that started in Victoria at least, uh, probably something like 15 to 20 years ago, we had a really well well spread and well-established community health system, mm-hmm. which did a lot of preventative work, also in the mental health area. And that has been defunded on the one hand, but at the same time also the structural reforms that happened were such that rather than giving those uh, those centres a degree of independence mm-hmm. and do much work, uh, work around community development and things like that, mm-hmm. which was the preventative area, they actually were then put into regional health networks, again totally under the control of the curative system, that means hospitals, doctors, the medical mm-hmm. model and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that is just against the whole idea of prevention. Mm -hmm. Prevention starts before you start applying a medical model. Anyway, so that's probably a little bit history. So you're saying that spread all, that's the trend throughout the whole of Australia now? That certainly has happened for the last 20 years, particularly again under economic rationalism and neoliberalism, what also happened was that the established powerful professions like the medical professions, Mm -hmm. they got the overhand and they therefore Uh got more programs funded than preventative programs. It's not too late to donate It's not too late to donate It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au You're listening to Jennifer and Jacques on Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial 3CR Digital and Streaming Life at 3cr.org.au Today we're talking rather angrily about tax Mm -hmm. and welfare. So, as we know, in Australia, people on Newstart, Youth Allowance and similar Centrelink payments are struggling to survive. They just don't have enough money to live on and buy food and pay for housing. It's a tragedy. As Jackie Lambie can tell us again, thousands of people on Centrelink rely on food parcels and food vouchers every day to feed themselves and their families. There's no exaggeration in this. Even agencies helping people with emergency relief, even those agencies can't always assist as they run out of their scarce resources and funds. Research from ACOS, that's Australian Council of Social Services, shows that new start payments need to be raised at least by $75 per week. Even business figures and ex-Prime Minister John Howard have argued that new start needs to be raised. What are we waiting for? By the way, new start is another weasel word, as who can get a new start when they're living on a survival level day to day? And with under and unemployment rates as they are, Where are the many jobs for people who often have great limitations in terms of transport, family situation, capabilities and so forth? It's actually worse than a weasel word, Jen. It is an outright falsehood. And like Mm -hmm. the the word world class, 
stuff. It is a deliberate obfuscation, and it only meant to put the responsibility for their predicament on the people themselves. And as our Prime Minister said a few days ago, talking to the 20,000 Hillsong Conference mm. attendees, more love is needed as they pray for rain, oh for veterans, for young people and those with disabilities and the deal, and the deal, of course, with the curse of suicide that needs prayers. I just wish they would stop praying and bring in regulation and legislation for a progressive tax system um, so that people, at least on Newstart, can, can have enough to live on. And um, we can do what we need to do for people across the whole of our community. So please stop praying and just do your job. So anyway, it would be remiss not to mention the housing situation too. The level of homelessness in Australia is tragic and shameful and more and more people are getting caught. There are pretty much no rental vacancies that are affordable for people on Newstart. And we know that from um, a lot of research, including research from Anglicare. Anyway, we, we know <laughs> where a new start is really needed. We desperately need more and new, more and more public housing. But rather than supply more social housing and give more rent assistance, for example, the Federal Assistant Minister for Community Housing and Homelessness, Luke Howard, <laughs> funny, isn't it, how they, these names come back, wants to put a positive spin on the issue. Oh. He, part of the good news he had was that the number of people rough sleeping has reduced from 8,946 to 8,200. The complete lack of empathy and insight is brutal and crushing. It's arrogant and ignorant. Anyway, <laughs> his figures are wrong. The number of rough sleepers rose from 6,810 to 8,200 between 2011 and 16. You wonder what he's being paid for and how he deserves to be employed in his job as compared to the thousands of Newstart, uh, Newstart people struggling to get paid work. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying, and I want listeners to know, is that Austra in Australia, that is what Howard said, we live in a fantastic country. Just listen to this. He said, <laughs> we had 99.5% of our Australians homed and living in safe places. There's half a percent of the population that isn't. I want to put a positive spin on it as well. And I'll just say Australia is in a housing crisis when it affects a very, very small percentage of the population. Mm -hmm. that's, that's your minister it's, talking, yeah. especially also when he talks about all those safe places. And we know that most violence against women and kids happens in those safe places. So what's so bloody safe about them? Mm -hmm. Bloody bunch of advertisers. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.